Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of my podcast, Sean Sports Up, where I take a look at the notable news stories in sports, the breaking news, the biggest news, and give my unique opinion, personal perspective. Nobody's opinion is the same. You could say the same thing, but people believe people believe different things. That's just the way it is. Every human is different. Not that much today. Uh, just like the last couple of days, pretty slow. Just a few stories to talk about. Today's Saturday, so college football Saturday. Uh, baseball story, NFL, and one NBA. So really, not that much at all. Uh, just before I get into that, though, any all feedback is appreciated. Positive, negative, it's all welcome. I welcome all feedback. Um, you can help help out any way you can. You know, help is appreciated. As in, leave a five star review on iTunes. That that does doesn't take much on your end. Um, although again, it's really appreciated, but it, it really does help me out. So. Yeah, check me out on the social media, Sean Sports. My website, SeanSportsShow.com. So thinking about whether to change that or not. Uh, the first story that I'm going to be covering has to do with the with college football. So the number 10 Ohio State Buckeyes kept their playoff hopes alive by pulling away from number 18 Michigan State to earn a 26-6 win at Spartan Stadium on Saturday today. Coming off an ugly win at home against Nebraska last week, Ohio State appeared to be uh, they looked a lot better. You know, head coach Urban Meyer got his team back on track with so far their biggest win of the season. Uh, they they take on a, a Michigan State team that was pretty good. Um, so just a, a pretty big win for Ohio State. Um, now another a big rivalry game here. Just a crazy game overall. The number six Oklahoma Sooners escaped their annual Bedlam showdown against Oklahoma State with a 48 to 47 win at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Sooners quarterback Kyler Murray, who also plays baseball at the University of Oklahoma, finished 21 of 29 for just under 350 yards, 349 to be exact, and a touchdown. He also added 14 carries for 66 yards rushing. However, running back Trey Sermon had 16 carries and 124 yards. He gave Oklahoma the lead for good when he scored his second touchdown of the day with about three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Cowboys countered with a 24-yard touchdown pass to Tylan Wallace, who had 10 receptions and 220 yards with two touchdowns himself with just over a minute left in the game. But they came up empty on the, with, on the ensuing two-point conversion to try and win the game. So I saw some of this game. It was an amazing game, great game, big rivalry game, 48-47. to When do you see that in football? I um, mean... What I mean is you you see one-point uh, games quite a bit, but just a, such a high-scoring game. Both teams just under 50 points. The fact that it's a one-point game is pretty ridiculous. Now, the biggest NBA trade so far this season, this, this just sent shockwaves through the NBA. Jimmy Butler finally has a new destination, and he got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. And as a matter of fact, they are, they are fully expected uh, mutually to agree to a long-term contract extension. Uh, after the trade, the trade is already official. So this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com and um, kind of uh, second, I should say, by Zach Lowe. So they rep- they reported that the trade includes Justin Patton from the Timberwolves also th- to the 76ers in, in exchange for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a uh, second-round pick in a few years from now. Just hu- huge trade. Um Man, just um, I think personally, I think Kawhi and Paul George are better fits for the Philadelphia 76ers than Jimmy Butler is. But I don't think that they would be available right now. I mean, Kawhi um, is doing great in Toronto. They're, I believe, 9-1, and one, if not 10-1 and one or better. And uh, Paul George is 
the second best player in Oklahoma City, and they've been red hot lately too, winning five straight after a very bad start to the season. So overall, this is I think this is a great move for the Timberwolves or for the 76ers, excuse me, to add Jimmy Butler. It's also a good move for the Timberwolves because they knew that Jimmy Butler wanted out and they still got a very good return for him in uh, Dario Sarge and Robert Covington. Uh, just good, solid players overall. So obviously, Jimmy Butler is not, he- not heading to Houston uh, after all. And it seems like he wants to stay, uh, <laughs> excuse me, in Philadelphia long term. Crazy trade. The East is so interesting now. You got... Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are arguably the best team in the NBA. Kawhi with the Toronto Raptors. They they, they can make a case for being the best team in the NBA right now. Uh, obviously, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and now Jimmy Butler with the Philadelphia 76ers. And, um, yeah, I mean, just the Eastern Conference is pretty loaded right now. Now switching gears to the MLB. The Washington Nationals ownership group, quote, refused to approve a trade involving Bryce Harper the day before MLB's July 31st non-waiver deadline, the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal reported Saturday. According to Rosenthal, the Nationals had a preliminary agreement in place with the Houston Nationals before the deal was rejected. Rosenthal uh, wrote the Nationals would have received minor league pitcher J.B. Bacaucas, the right-handed, the right-hander's number eight prospect in the Houston minor league system per MLB.com, and finished, with, finished 4-2 and two with a 2.14 ERA in 14 appearances across five different minor league levels. Two other prospects would have joined Bacaucas in the trade. Uh, Rosenthal reported the Nationals owners decided against trading Harper because they, quote, feared that trading him would harm their relationship with the player and reduce their chances of signing him. It's impossible to say whether Harper's presence would have resulted in a different outcome in the American League Championship Series. The Boston Red Sox defeated the Astros in five games, scoring 27 runs as they reeled off four straight wins to, to claim the AL pennant. Boston succeeded in attacking the Houston pitcher, so Harper may not have changed anything. The Astros weren't the only World Series contender to make a play for Harper. The Los Angeles Times' Jorge Castillo reported Wednesday that the Los Angeles Dodgers, who also lost to the Boston Red Sox but in the World Series, not in the ALCS, offered Yasiel Puig in a trade package. I covered that on a different episode as well. Uh, the Washington Post's Chelsea Janes reported Wednesday that the, that the Nationals offered Harper $300 million over 10 years in late September, but that the 26-year-old superstar turned it down. So pretty uh, crazy here. A lot of major developments coming in one, one after the other. You got uh, the contract uh, you know, the contract situation, and a couple of days later they report that Puig was offered by the Dodgers now that uh, he was – that the the Nationals and Astros agreed to a trade. So just so many developments coming in now that uh, Bryce Harper is a free agent and I could sign somewhere. So much information coming in. And again, I, I stand with what I said in the beginning. I think he's going to sign with the Chicago Cubs. There were some rumors going around that he's going to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies along with Manny Machado, the former um, Dodgers and Orioles shortstop and third baseman, um, as he followed Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on Instagram. That is Bryce Harper I'm talking about. But I still think he's going to, you know, playing in Chicago, it's a big market. Then again, so is Philadelphia, but you got his best friend is Chris Bryant. That, that's public knowledge. So I predict that he's going to go and sign with the Chicago Cubs and play outfield over there. Um, they're probably going to get rid of Kyle Schwarber as well. So it, it, I think it makes sense. And the Cubs do need some kind of spark because after winning the World Series in 2016, they lost in the NLCS um, in 2017 against the Dodgers, who lost in the World Series. And this year they lost in the wildcard game to the Colorado Rockies at home. So the, the Cubs are still a playoff team. They're still a possible World Series contender, but they need some kind of spark. And I think Bryce Harper provides him with just that. Now switching gears to the NFL, the only NFL story of this episode. Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell is reportedly unlikely to report to the team before Tuesday's deadline to sign their, his franchise tender. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, who else could have reported this? 
If Bell doesn't join the Steelers by Tuesday, he will be ineligible to play for the remainder of the 2018 season. Uh, the Steelers placed a franchise tag worth $14.5 million on Bell during the offseason, and the sides could not agree on a long-term extension. He's poised to leave that money on the table and sit out a full season before he hits free agency after 2018. While Pittsburgh can place a transition tag on Bell, which would give him, which would give them the right to match any offer made to him, Bell likely won't stay with Pittsburgh. The 26-year-old is a three-time Pro Bowler and two-time first-team All-Pro who led the NFL with 406 touches last season and finished with just under 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns. Although that type of production is difficult to replace, second-year run, second running back James Conner, who was his backup, has filled in admirably. He's, enjoyed, he's enjoying a Pro Bowl-caliber season with almost 800 yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground, to go with 39 re- receptions for 387 yards and a touchdown receiving. And Pittsburgh, once again, is one of the AFC's top teams, even without Bell, as they lead the AFC North with a 6-2-1 record after starting off pretty, um, you know, averagely. Uh, Connor did suffer a concussion during Thursday's win over the Carolina Panthers, and his status for next week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars is uncertain. Again, on this, I still stand with what I said earlier, uh, that he, the, Pitts, the Pittsburgh Steelers won't be able to contend in make a deep playoff run without Le'Veon Bell. They'll definitely make the playoffs without him, it seems like, so far right now. I think they could win a playoff game without Le'Veon Bell, but I think when push comes to shove, they're going to need him for the playoffs. Uh, to, to succeed in the playoffs. That's what I think is going to happen. I also don't think he's going to stay with Pittsburgh. I have no idea where he's going to go. There are no r- rumors on that at all. I can't really think of w- what team would use him. Um, I know I pay attention to my team, the LA Rams, the most. I know we have no use for him. Todd Gurley is an MVP candidate, quite possibly the MVP favorite at this moment. Uh, Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes are also two very strong candidates to win the MVP award. So, you know, that's that. Um, no room for Le'Veon Bell in LA. And maybe with the Chargers, but they, you know, they also have Melvin Gordon, who's an elite running back. So who knows where Le'Veon Bell's going to end up? Maybe still in Pittsburgh. Who knows? Now switching gears to the NBA for the last notable news story of this episode. Carmelo Anthony is reportedly in a precautious position with the Houston Rockets. Wow. According to ESPN.com's Adrian Wojnarowski, Anthony and the Rockets, quote, are discussing his role and how they might still be able to proceed together for the rest of the season. Wojnarowski described the talks as, quote, fluid. Anthony, who's now 34 years old, was listed out was listed as out Saturday against the San Antonio Spurs because of an illness. Although Shams Cherny of the Athletic and Stadium reported the absence may have been a joint decision since he was a full participant in Friday's practice. Cherny added the sides, quote, are seriously weighing his roster situation. Uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times provided additional details as he tweeted, quote, asked tonight if the Rockets were soon partnering company with Carmelo Anthony. One source with knowledge of Houston's thinking insisted the team is not letting Melo go, yet it appears we must stay tuned amid multiple reports about ongoing talks with Melo on his role going forward. Through his first 10 games, only two of which have been starts, the 10-time All-Star is averaging 13.4 points and 5.4 rebounds a game on 40.5% shooting from the field, including only 32.8% from three. Additionally, now this is key here, the Rockets have been outscored by nine points per 100 possessions with Anthony on the floor so far this season. On the other hand, they have outscored opponents by 1.8 points per 100 possessions when he's on the bench, so they're better offensively without Carmelo Anthony, according to the stats. His defensive rating of 111.0 is also the worst among all Rockets players who have played at least 100 minutes this season. In the event that the two sides can't find a comfortable middle ground, James Ennis and P.J. Tucker will assume even bigger roles on the wing. So, man, I mean, they picked up Carmelo. Everyone was hyped about it, and uh, they're already regretting it, it seems. So, very unfortunate. I think Carm- I think um, I can't really see a team... I, I, don't, I don't see Carmelo staying in the NBA simply because he has a big ego. That's not a knock at him. That's just, that's just the truth. 
Uh, he doesn't want to play off the bench, even though he has with Houston. He's going to want a lot of money. No team will want to pay him a lot of money. He's going to want to start. No, no team is going to want him to start on their team. Um, I don't want him on the Lakers. Maybe for, I would want him on the Lakers, but for very little money and for a very limited role. And I, I know that Carmelo Anthony never in his wildest dreams would go for that. Um, so I have no idea where he's going to end up. Similar, similarly to Le'Veon Bell, but the difference is Le'Veon Bell is still a very productive player, while Carmelo Anthony really is not. I mean, as the stats say, he's a horrible defender, the worst defender on the Houston Rockets, and they're better offensively without him. And that's his, that's his forte, the offense. Anyway, switching gears to the LA Sports teams to close out this fairly short episode of Sean's Sports Top. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA, the team that I support, they uh, have been rolling lately. They played the Sacramento Kings today and won 101-86. to That is now two straight games uh, for the Lakers that they won. Four out of their last five have been wins. Uh, their record is now 6-6 six and six to 500, and the Sacramento Kings fall to 7-6. and six. So they're doing surprisingly well as well. LeBron James had 25 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Kyle Kuzma chipped in with 11-3-3. Three three. Javel McGee had 10 points and 8 boards. Brandon Ingram had 12, 2, and 8. Lonzo Ball was pretty bad at 4 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. They played only 20 minutes, though. Tyson Chandler was pretty interesting. 3 points, 12 rebounds. I love that pickup. So just an overall productive game by the Lakers. Um, the Lakers have a quick turnaround. They've had a few days off, so they, they have a back-to-back. They play tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern against the Atlanta Hawks uh, back home in Los Angeles since they played on the road in Sacramento, not far in the same state, California. Should be a pretty easy win. The Atlanta Hawks are not a good team. Um, Trey Young is a bright spot that they do have, but he's been uh, extremely inefficient lately from the three-point line, so I got the Lakers in this one pretty easily. The LA Clippers, uh, they played today as well, and they beat a very good Milwaukee Bucks team. This was surprising to me. The Clippers won 128-126 to 126 in overtime. They were to 7-5 and five on the season, while the Milwaukee Bucks fall to 9-3. and three. Uh for the Clippers, Danilo Gallinari had 13 points, three, re- three assists, eight rebounds. Tobias Harris had 20 points, one assist, and 11 rebounds. Patrick Beverly, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, um, Lou Williams, they were all great. Lou Williams is a very good player. Mr. Clutch in the fourth quarter, he's a great, uh, great great, guy to have on the team. 12 points, 10 assists, three rebounds. Of course, for the Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, just insane, 27 points, 18 rebounds, four assists. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez were also good. I kind of wish personally that the Lakers kept Brooke Lopez around, but honestly, uh, Tyson Chandler has filled that void nicely in terms of the rebounding, um, even though uh, it's worth noting that uh, T- Brooke Lopez was more of a three-point shooter, three-point shooting center than a rebounding center. So the LA Rams, they play tomorrow at about 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern against the Seattle Seahawks in an NFC West division matchup as they look to improve to 9-1 and one on the season. The LA Chargers were 6-2 and two and second in the AFC West behind the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs uh, play the Oakland Raiders tomorrow at the same time, about 1 p.m. Pacific time in Oakland. The LA Kings played today, and they played the Calgary Flames at home. They lost 1-0, so the Kings fall to 5-10-1, and, and the Flames improved to 10-6-1. and one. Um, Back in the last column for the Kings, didn't see the game, but uh, from what I heard, it was a very bad performance, and things are just not looking good for the Kings overall because they... Uh, they need on one hand, on the one hand they need to rebuild. On the other, they don't have the money to rebuild. Uh, you know they owe a lot of money to players. Ilya Kovalchuk, who's who's been who has been good. Andre Kopitar, he's great. Uh, Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty, Dustin Brown, Jeff Carter. Between all those guys, they owe a boatload of money. So there's no room to rebuild. Um, just a very unfortunate situation that the Kings are in. 
Um, their, their next game is uh, Tuesday, November 13th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern against the Toronto Maple Leafs at home as they look to get back in the win column. The Anaheim Ducks, after getting blown out by the Minnesota Wild last night, they don't play. They did not play today. But they do play the day after tomorrow at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern against the Nashville Predators again at home in Anaheim. It is their third straight home game. Um, so that's all we have for episode number 179. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the support, and I'll see you guys on episode number 180.